Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. I'm really honored to be here with all of you this morning. Um, I lived in Raleigh for 11 years, and two of my kids came to school here in Virginia, so um, driving up here really brought memories of coming to see my kids. As Mara was saying, I was led to create this online bilingual ministry after working in two different unity ministries as associate minister. And something we've been doing in this ministry that it was um, part of these other ministries at some point is that we spent, after the pandemic, all the time, all summer, talking about ideas of abundance. And it has become a tradition now that we spend the whole summer talking about abundance. And as we know, abundance in unity is beyond money. It, it does include money, but it's about health, it's about um, good relationships, it's about an overall wellness and a consciousness that keeps co-creating good in your life. Um, as I was preparing for this talk and being uh, Labor Day weekend, and I called it the labor of, uh, labor of the Heart, and I so appreciate the songs. I would like to start with a question, and you can answer in your own mind. If there would be a way to sustain high levels of, of abundance in your life, would it be worth learning the how-to? And I'm sure you're going to say, of course. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and what would it take spiritually? And if you've been in unity for a while, you probably say, I can answer that. Uh, it's really about changing your mind. So if you change your mind and you manage your mind, you're going to change your life conditions. And even though it's true, and we have all experienced that, the third unity principle talks about co-creation, how consciousness creates, and it's even biblical, uh, Paul would say, renew by the transformation of your mind. Today I'm here to challenge that perspective a bit. Mind management is good, but it's not everything, and can only take you so far. I know it's going to go, really? Okay, yeah, trust me. So if managing your thoughts is not the ultimate way, what are we missing? Unity as a way of life has um, made us aware of the importance of managing the mind and done it brilliantly for it has helped us in programming our minds with ideas that are more in accordance or in alignment with spiritual truth. And for instance, if our conditioning has been mostly on unworthiness, unity tells us you are loved, God is good, and so are you. If we've been carrying a conditioning that has led us to a life of scarcity, unity says the nature of this universe is pure abundance. It's just you have to open 
in consciousness. If your programming or conditioning has led you to illness, unity says, hey, you are divine, you are whole, you are perfect. So all of us have some sort of conditioning and level of consciousness based on the way we grew up, the education, the culture, the, the experiences, the religion. And it, it's interesting to see how most of that was programmed by the age of seven. That's why the Aristotle would say, give me a child until he's seven and I will show you the man. So I was so blessed that I was taken to a unity church for the first time when I was 13, back in Puerto Rico, where I'm from. And that really helped me to be exposed to some principles of truth uh, from an early age that now I see that spared me from a lot of problems. I have been able to overcome a lot of human challenges that we all go through being in this earthly plane. Uh, for instance, through the unity way of life and principles, I was able to pretty much run a, a successful family business. I was able to heal a serious type of cancer. I was able to co-create a very harmonious separation with my ex-husband. I was able to help one of my child, uh, children that had a developmental condition that would really limit him a lot if he didn't overcome them. So at some level, I felt, or we feel, oh, I'm in control, I get this. It's like in Paul Hasselbeck in the metaphysics book talks about the four levels of consciousness that says that the very first low one is when we, we are in the victim consciousness where we, we really believe that life happens to me, not by me. But later on we start racing and we realize that I, I can impact my life by the way of, of thinking, right? And in many ways, I'm grateful for all of that. But in my process, in my own process of evolution, I have come to understand that God or spirit wants so much more beyond me succeeding or surviving in the world. Spirit has, I believe, that loves to rock the ego-based illusion of control and wants to make sure that we don't leave this earth from, with the perspective that it's all about succeeding and acquiring according to world standards. And because it is so, it is my core belief that we start and there's still a get it through your heart space. It's not a mental thing, it's just something from the soul that is telling you you're off. So then we come to the realization that there is so much to be experienced beyond our conditioned mind. So today I'm here to sell you one idea. I used to be in sales, so each time I would prepare for a unity talk, I said, what do I want to sell them? So this is what I want to sell to you today. It's the idea of bridging the heart and the mind should be the aim of our spiritual life. <laughs> 
the heart, meaning that space beyond the conditioned mind, is pure information. It can lead you to the pure information, to the divine mind, to the to your inner Christ. I am convinced that the heart space and and that um, connection with spirit is really the guru, is the compass, is the way shower. You've probably heard before that the greatest distance in the world is 14 inches, right? And you see, yeah, I have a slide to show you. The distance from the mind to the heart. Many of us act like uh, giraffes, and I have a quote from this Italian author who says, the giraffe has the heart so distant from the head that she fell in love yesterday and still doesn't know it. <laughs> and you may laugh, but I realize how many times we're operating at the mind level and the connection there is like um, not, we're feeling something, but we're not really in tune. And the more we are caught up in the surviving and the thriving in the physical world, in the illusion that this is what life is all about, the more disconnected we are, and that's where we experience a sense of limitation and emptiness. So then being in harmony with that guidance of the heart is really, it's really being in harmony with all of life, and with our divine plan, and the reason why incarnated with a body to, to be in this world. That voice speaks softly and quietly. It has so much intelligence, it's always right. It shows us the right path, and it will keep us, listen to this one, it's gonna go, oh, it's going to keep you in the flow of abundance. In, in Colombia, I believe it's in Colombia, there is an Indian tribe called Kobe tribe. And this group of people in their tradition, they believe that children, before being exposed to the world, need to have time in, in places of darkness so that they can get in touch with the heart space, yes. They um, believed in the significance of our relationship with our heart and for the first couple of years of their lives they're kept in almost darkened conditions and kept separate from physicality of the world around them so that the world they develop first is their inner knowing of their heart before they develop the perception of the world around them. Then from that space, they relate to the world and the people. So I, I, I love finding that information because it's like imagine if we had that foundation in which we immediately for an early age were led to the space of knowing that all you need to be in this world and, and, um, and be in the flow of all the goodness is to have a relationship beyond what your mind can acquire. 
when we are able to exercise the hard qualities like love, compassion, gratitude, and this is all heart math stuff, the more we do that, the more the communication between the, the brain and the heart gets improved. And it's like divine ideas are, get to flow more freely through the intuition. And, and this is where we start getting information. And many times what happens is that as we get the stimuli from the heart, and you notice, because I, I can relate to my own life, the ego is going to jump up and deny it out of fear because the ego, there's so much that it can see because it's based on what it has lived and experienced and known and believed. So if the heart might be sending other messages and the ego is like, no, um, I don't get this. And this is where we struggle and we create dissonance. But really, it's the source of our power. And I love this quote from um, the New Testament on Proverbs because it validates. I like to validate it from different perspectives. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. So in other words, more heart, more intuition, more abundance. It's a matter of, of allowing the mind to be the instrument that allows you to say, hey, I need to go within. I need to create space for my spirituality in my everyday life. And to, to know that I have access. If I have access to the whole internet, why should I settle with the, the programs in my laptop? You know? It's like open up and say, I now know that I don't have to limit to what I own. I am I'm part of something grand, and that is me. So um, in most of my talks, and uh, I, li I love to use stories. Sometimes I use it from other people, sometimes from my own. Because many times people just stay with a story and they remember the principle, right? So you want a story? Okay. <laughs> This is a great one. And it's going to show you the connection between heart, intuition, and abundance. Okay? So I, in my former life, I worked uh, uh, 23 years in a family business. But always from day one, I told my father, I want to go into ministry, I want to be a spiritual leader, and all of that but you pay for my education, the least thing I could do is just work for you for a couple of years. But the two years became 23. And maybe halfway through those years, I had this thirst of um, teaching and being a school teacher and, and maybe a principal. So at the time, this is back in the 80s, the um, governor in, uh, in the island during that period created a program called Adopt a School. And I said, yeah, that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to adopt a school and, and see if I can collaborate in any way. So we did that. I was part of the, uh, it was a really uh, poor neighborhood. They had 500, and I remember 560 kids, elementary school. 
and they had major issues for long period. They, they were without a principal, and then for long periods, they were without a secretary who could help the principal so that she, the principal could do her job. So I'm giving you some general um, setting up the stage for the story. So I had adopted the, store, the, the school. Then uh, the company that we, I, we were, I worked at, the business we had, was in distribution. And every year, for like three or four years in a row, during um, late November, we would close out um, merchandise that we were like discontinued or, or leftover samples. And for like three years in a row, I had the uh, Senate of Puerto Rico come in and buy this uh, so that would gift it to kids you know, of lower, uh, low income conditions. So this particular year, I um, talked to the, to the lady who would come pick up the stuff and she said, yeah, let's do the, the usual. So I had everybody pack the, the amount of items and so on. So she calls me up just about the day that she was gonna pick up the goods and she tells me, hey, this year something happened and we really cannot do the whole amount. And she essentially told me like a fourth of what she would normally buy. And I had like, oh my God, this is like early December. It's already packed. Who am I going to sell this to? And then this hard voice said, donate it. And they went, donate it? They, they're already getting a hell of a deal in that fourth uh, part of you know, the portion and the, and, uh, and the heart kept saying yeah go ahead and do it so I was like the devil and the angel for like the whole afternoon she shows up and we go to the warehouse and she opens her trunk and they're starting to load the goods and I said you know what I'm going to donate it to you and she went, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I said, we hugged. And then, as, as I did the good thing, something internally, the businesswoman kicked in and said, you need to get something in exchange for that. You know, it's like, what can... And then I said, oh, hey, by the way, we, we have a school that we adopted, and it's been a long while that we don't have a secretary, and hopefully through the president of the Senate, we can get the right connection, so we get the secretary for the school. So I said, hey, you know, I might as well use this. And she says, oh, yeah, next year, don't worry. We're going to call you, going to come and, and, and see the president of the Senate of Puerto Rico. So great. Christmas goes by. The year starts, and we get the local IRS to show up to do an investigation on our finances and the way we were paying duty taxes. And after the research, they realized that we had to be fined for $100,000. And I was, ah, ah, what? $100,000? And I said, but how come? Because we have done the computations the way we were told, and we don't mess up here. We do the right thing. And they were like, we're, we're sorry, it's going to be $100,000. And I called the external auditor of the, of the company, hoping that he would say, well, don't worry, I'll intervene, we'll work it out. And he says, oh, you have to pay it. 
And the uh, agent from the uh, Hacienda, we call him the island, said, and not only is 100,000, we're going back and it's going to be more. And I remember thinking, this is going to take the company bankrupt. But then I get the call from the lady saying, oh, Mr. Rodriguez is ready to see you. And I said, okay. And then I went, well, I'm going to ask for the secretary of the school, and I'm going to see if he could get somebody higher in the IRS to review the case. And of course, that's what happened. And once we, we made it there, we were fine. There was some, but it was like 15000 and it stopped. Isn't that amazing? And, and as I was reviewing this, I was thinking, it was, it, at some level it didn't make sense, but the heart was clear. Because the heart is connecting to everything. So by trusting it, it really was the way to work out a solution that in the physical realm could have never been solved. So when we think about it, being in the heart, it's a constant choice. Ask yourself, where am I acting from? Am I operating only from my five senses? Because the ego tends to want to have things the way they are, and the way, the way it believes is the best outcome, and it gets stuck in there, but if we keep connecting and connecting, we're going to get downloads of pure information that can really lead to miracles. So what I'm essentially telling you this morning is to be aware that there is so much more and the way to access that other realm is not through the brain or through the mind. That's awesome. And, and managing the mind is really important but we really need to make the practice of silence, listening, 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 become more masters at it, transforming our prayer lives so that we get more silence. You know, when you do, affirmations are great, but it's like, am I balancing the mind-mind with, with heart space? Because being in the heart, and this is a quote that I have from me, being in the heart is a state of spiritual authenticity where we open the doors for intuition to guide us in our decision-making making like my story, but most of all, to guide our spiritual evolution. So it's not only about bringing the goods or saving your, when you're in trouble, it's really leading you, your soul as to before I leave this plane, what do I really want to take with me? What is really important? What changes do I need to make in order to create that space? So a quick recap. Takeaways. Thoughts do create. Unity teaches us to place thoughts of truth to create good and abundance. That is wonderful, but there is more. Don't be a giraffe. <laughs> 
with a great positive mind, but distance from your heart. Bridge it, reduce it. Just make your neck shorter, the space shorter. For honoring that and listening to that and acting from that will truly step your life, step up your life and your abundance. Because at the end of the day, abundance is to be in peace. To really have peace be your everyday experience. Thank you so much for being with me this morning. And God bless. And so it is. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.